Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio, another true story from True Story FM. I'm your host, Megan Strand with Engage for Good. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at engageforgood.com. This episode is brought to you by Submittable, a cloud-based submission management platform that makes it easy to accept, review, and select any kind of content, ranging from requests for donations, scholarships, and grants, to managing employee volunteerism forms, fellowships, and job applications. Learn more at submittable.com forward slash EFG. We're back with another special edition of Cause Talk Radio, in which we feature a deep dive conversation with one of this year's Halo Award winners. This episode features the silver winner for the sustainability category, an initiative called Don't Feed the Landfills with partners Subaru and the National Parks Conservation Association. I'm joined today by Denise Coogan, Environmental Partnership Manager for Subaru, and Karen Havel-Mingo, Senior Manager of Sustainability and Climate Change for the National Parks Conservation Association. Our national parks are our country's crown jewels, but their 330 million annual visitors leave behind more than 70 million pounds of waste. In this episode, we talk about how Subaru and NPCA teamed up to run this pilot program in three national parks to help develop, test, monitor, and refine approaches to waste reduction. Denise, Karen, and I discuss how this partnership began, how Subaru's deep expertise in waste reduction informed activities of the partnership, how they communicated these steps to parks goers and employees, and what the results were from this incredible effort. Well, hello, Denise and Karen, and welcome to Cause Talk Radio. Hi, Megan. This is Denise. It's so great to be with you today. Hi, Megan. This is Karen. Thanks for having us. Well, first of all, congratulations on your Halo Award win. Very, very exciting. We're here to talk about your amazing partnership and your campaign together. But I was hoping you could each start us out by telling us who you are and what you do and for whom. So maybe, Denise, you could kick us off. Yes, my name is Denise Coogan. I work for Subaru of America. I'm their environmental partnership manager there. And I help uh, with the Zero Landfill uh, Initiative or the Don't Feed the Landfill Initiative that we've been helping with the National Parks and the National Park Conservation Association. This is Karen Hevel-Mingo with National Parks Conservation Association. Um, I work on sustainability and climate change for the organization and have served as project manager for the Don't Feed the Landfills initiative and have had the good fortune of working with Denise for a number of years now. Fantastic. Well, we are thrilled that you're both here to talk about this. Karen, I wonder if you could, we'll stay with you for just a moment. Can you talk a little bit about the problem with waste in national parks? Sure. Um, You know, it's something that I think a lot of people don't really give much thought to when they go visit their national parks. But believe it or not, last year, um, the parks, first of all, hosted approximately 328 million visitors. And so those visitors, along with park employees, leave behind millions of pounds of waste every year. Um, For example, just at the three Don't Feed the Landfill pilot parks, um, there were eight and a half million visitors in 2019. And that means about eight million pounds of waste that the parks need to deal with. So, you know, a substantial amount of that ends up in landfills, and it could be reduced, reused, or recycled. Um, And 
having that waste in the parks not only endangers wildlife, but it also consumes precious resources like park funds and employee time that could be used elsewhere. It had not given much thought to, you know, the fact that maybe I bought lunch and threw away the wrappers in the parks uh, in the past. So thank you for shedding a little bit more light on that issue with us, Karen. So Denise, can you talk a little bit about how the Don't Feed the Landfills initiative got started originally? Yes. Originally, the Don't Feed the Landfill initiative got started in about 2015 uh, when we worked with the National Parks Conservation Association uh, and the National Park Service. Uh, we started uh, with doing audits. So we did a waste audit of their facilities, um, seeing what they were generating, how it was being generated, where it was being generated. And then uh, from there, we were able, from that inventory, so to speak, we were able to see um, what where we needed to start. And, and so that's really got, how it got started in 2015. We've been working with the three parks, our pilot parks that we're trying this with are Denali, Grand Teton, and Yosemite National Parks. And uh, it's been a wonderful experience so far. The, it's it's just great working with the national parks. Well, it turned out it sounded sounds like through that audit that were there may be a bunch of different ways that uh, waste reduction could happen in the park. So this initiative covered a wide variety of activities. Karen, could you maybe give us an idea of what some of those activities were? Certainly. I mean, as Denise just pointed out, sort of the start point is we went in and did a waste audit. And that really helped the parks, their concessions partners understand, hey, what is what is going to the landfill? And like, where, where are the opportunities? And so we were able to collectively sort of take this information and look at next steps. And those included, okay, we need to upgrade trash and recycling bins. And do we have them so they're next to each other and in places that it makes sense. Do we have consistent messaging so that when um, a visitor comes up to those bins, they understand, oh, I know what to do when I'm standing in front of this recycling bin, what goes in, what doesn't. Um, Along with that, we did a lot of employee and visitor education um, to help everybody understand how can you reduce what you're purchasing or bringing into the park. Um, what can you, we recycle? You know, how can you compost? And then really engaging neighboring communities and nonprofit partners, because those are just so key and involved in the whole visitor journey to and from a park. Denise, I was very shocked when I read that the Subaru plant recycles an incredible 99.99% of its waste. And um, it was such a great part of this campaign that you were able to kind of share some of the learnings that you've had at Subaru with these pilot parks and some of their largest concessioners. So, Denise, would you talk a little bit about some of those best practices that you were able to share and maybe how they were implemented? I always like, before I start, I always want to uh, give a shout out to the associates of Subaru of Indiana Automotive. They're the stars of our sustainability program. Uh, It is because of their efforts that Subaru is able to have such a stellar reputation uh, in the environment. Um, At the SIA facility, we forge the principles of what's needed to implement a successful sustainability program. We often talk about the recycling rate, which is amazing. You just mentioned it. But in my opinion, the waste reduction is really where the environmental benefits come in. Subaru was able to reduce the amount of waste per vehicle generated from 459 pounds per vehicle to just over 210 pounds per vehicle. 
And, and what we found is that a successful sustainability program is top-directed and bottom-driven. So the executives uh, give us the resources we need to succeed, and the associates bring their ingenuity and their creativity to make it happen. And every successful program needs to include everyone. And, and that's what we've done in the parks. With the help of the MPCA, we've reached out to the communities, as Karen was just saying, the concessionaires, and of course, National Park Service, to include them in the conversation. But more than that, we have brought everyone together in the same room to discuss how and why things are done the way they are and, and what we could do to improve the waste programs in the park. And then from there, it's really about putting in the infrastructure, putting on the labels, getting the haulers arranged, finding the recycling for those for the waste that were being generated, and then continuing to improve upon the education and communication with the visitors and the community and the park employees. That's interesting because in my mind, I was thinking like, oh, well, they had all these great strategies. But um, part of those strategies is going to be my next question for Karen, which is about communicating those strategies to people, because clearly the national parks are not generating waste on their own. It's because we are visiting them and we need to be participants in this whole effort as well. So, Karen, what did you find were the most effective ways of communicating with visitors and employees and whomever else about some of these changes that you were implementing? I think you referenced some of them earlier talking about signage, um, but were there things that worked for Subaru that also worked for you, or were there things that you had to kind of come up with new because it was a different environment? Yeah, I think one of the things that we found is really key for um, visitors is to reach them before they get in the park. Um, so really communicating to them as their trip planning so that includes like, okay, remember um, to bring your reusable water bottles and your coffee cups and your reusable bags. Um, and we've worked a lot with like our concessions partners, some of which have actually sort of put together little like packages in their guest book. It's like, oh, you can, if you don't have those things, you can sign up to get them. So when you check in the hotel, your reusable package will be waiting. So kind of great ideas like that. And also, as Denise just mentioned, really working collaboratively with the local communities so that there's consistent messaging about what folks can do to reduce their impact and properly recycle, not only in those communities, but also then when they cross the border and into the park. And, you know, those gateway communities, the local elected officials, the county landfills and recycling centers, those all have like a really huge role to play when we're trying to reduce the waste within the park. This episode is brought to you by Submittable, a cloud-based submission management platform that makes it easy to accept, review, and select any kind of content, ranging from requests for donation, scholarship, and grants, to managing employee volunteers and forms, fellowships, and job applications. I caught up with Submittable's product marketing manager, Natalia de Roberta Stai, to learn how they're using their product to help organizations of all sizes improve their own inclusivity practices and reduce bias. Because of the nature of our software, we're really uniquely positioned to help so like thousands or thousands of customers integrate better inclusivity into all kinds of opportunities that they're launching. So from grants and corporate giving programs to scholarships and fellowships to publications, 
uh, we're providing better resources and making them easier to find for our customers to eliminate bias in their processes and make sure that they're incorporating inclusive practices. Learn more about Submittable and get seven key strategies for integrating inclusivity into your submission and application processes at submittable.com forward slash EFG. Obviously, this is something that Subaru is proud of. Um, How did you at Subaru share your involvement with this initiative with your customers and your employees and your stakeholders? Yeah, well, you know, we we use all the social media outlets that we can. Uh, we've advertised in print and on TV um, and through our Subaru publications, the Drive magazine um, and our corporate meetings. Uh, we have all we have over 630 retailers that, that come together for our corporate meetings. And we will talk a great deal to our retailers at that point about the program. Um, really. Uh, I'll just talk trash with anyone who'll want to listen. So, you know, I, I talk to anyone about it. So I think it's kind of a, it's kind of silver buckshot. You know, there's no silver bullet. We we just try to to get it out as into many different areas as we can. We use a lot of our partners, the National Park Conservation Association, the Foundation National Park Foundation, Leave No Trace, um, a lot of those partners to help us get get the message out. Also, so it's been uh, a collaborative effort for sure. I like that silver buckshot. I'd never heard that before. (laughs) That's actually not mine. That's Al Gore's uh, analogy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Attribution to Al Gore. You heard it here first, people. (laughs) So Karen, talk a little bit about the results of this effort because they were definitely impressive. Yeah. So, you know, I I think it's in a relatively short period of time, each of the parks has, has been able to make substantial improvement. I mean, for some of those common materials that people bring in, like, you know, plastic water bottles and aluminum cans and glass, you know, they've been able to double what has been recycled, which is pretty impressive. Um, And really, each park has made great improvement on how they're getting messages across to the visitors and to employees on what each of them can do. Um, And I think one truly impactful outcome has been the collaborative network that has built around this project. So, you know, at each park, it's like Park Service is working closely with their concessions partners. And they're leveraging their nonprofit partners. They're coordinating with local communities, all with that same goal to reduce, reuse, and recycle. And the result really has been less stuff going to the landfill. Fantastic. Denise, were there any specific 2019 results? Because that's specifically what this campaign won the HALO Award for. Were there any metrics that you can share? Yeah, I I have a few. from 2019. So in 2019, as Karen had mentioned, the parks have uh, pretty much doubled the recycling rate from the beginning of this project, which is saying a lot considering the recycling industry in our country today is declining and, and they've, ha- they've been able to double it. So that's wonderful. Uh, since the program started in 2015, uh, we've kept 16 million pounds of waste out of the landfill. That's as much as 40,000 grizzly bears. Wow. So that's quite a bit. So. Uh, and, you know, and if you think of it this way, if every visitor to the three pilot parks in 2019 would have replaced just one single use plastic water bottle with a reusable bottle like a clean canteen bottle, it would have kept 8 million plastic bottles out of the waste stream. 
and the energy to create 8 million plastic bottles would be enough to power 10,247 average households for a month. So it really does show that we work together. We can make a huge difference in our environment and uh, we don't have to compromise our experience in the national parks. What I really want to know is who gets to make those really fun statistical uh, correlations, like how much does a grizzly bear weigh and how much waste did we save based in grizzly bear weight? So I don't know if that was Casey on your team, Karen, that did all that, but uh, it's on Karen's, Karen's team. It's Sam. He does a wonderful job for us doing a wading through all this data. So I love it. I love job. it. Well, it's, it's great to make it relatable. I just think it that seems like a fun yeah. job. It's, uh, it's easy to, to visualize. Yes, easier, indeed. I indeed. To visualize that in 16 million pounds of Exactly. I love it. Well, uh, one of the things we really like to talk about and engage for good are just lessons learned. So Karen, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about what you've personally learned um, from this partnership, maybe things that were surprising to you, maybe things that didn't go as well as you thought they would, or maybe things that went better than you expected or things you were able to pivot, anything like that. We'd love to hear it. Yeah, that's, that's a hard one. It feels like there's been like so much stuff over the last few years. Um, but I think if I were to identify one particular thing that has really shined out around this partnership with Subaru is the power of collaboration. And uh, there have been, you know, the innovation of these multiple entities um, and what they can achieve within a partnership, particularly when somebody like Subaru um, comes in and shows this bold leadership to really try to catalyze change. Uh, you know, the breadth of the Don't Feed the Landfills impact, it's just been amazing to see the networks that have grown at each park and those continue to just grow and strengthen and broaden out to other parks and protected areas, which I think is really amazing. And, you know, I have to say, Subaru, it's really a genuine commitment to the Don't Feed the Landfills initiative, their financial investment in the national parks, as well as in NPCA, has really made a difference. And it's allowed us to further our mission of protecting national parks. Denise, how about you? What would you say have been your greatest lessons learned that maybe others could benefit from? Well, you know, uh, for me, personally, I've I've been... um, at this for over 18 years, putting in zero landfill programs. So, uh, I think I think what I've learned is that everyone wants to be part of something bigger than themselves, and uh, they and people have really great ideas to improve their con- their conditions if we just listen to them. And I've also learned that everyone wants to be listened to, and and, and indeed each of us have an amazing story to tell. And I've also learned that working with like-minded partners like the people at the NPCA and the NPS and the National Park Foundation, together we can make differences that will last for generations and help us to improve the environment. It will help enhance the visitor experience when they go to our nation's greatest treasures. You know, our, our national parks are our are, are, are crown jewels here in this country. And anything that we can do to help move them along, um, and, and to improve those conditions there, uh, we're just very uh, grateful to be able to help and and, uh, and to be able to work with some wonderful partners. So Karen, given everything that's happening with COVID right now, is this partnership continuing into the future? Are you having to change how you're doing things? Can you talk just a little bit about the current state of affairs? Sure. Well, I, I certainly hope so. I mean, um, bottom line is national parks 
continue to see a big increase in visitation. So I think the need to use resources strategically, including how we manage waste at our national parks, it's more important now than ever. So, you know, I think with as with all of our partnerships at MPCA, you know, we'd love to continue working with Subaru um, to make sure that we connect with new audience, develop more champions to help protect America's national parks, um, and, you know, continue to help Subaru build its brand equity. Um, we both have mutual sustainability goals and, you know, key partners and stakeholders that we've worked with. So I, you know, would see this work moving forward as we continue to try to protect and preserve parks for generations. Well, Denise and Karen, thank you so much for sharing a little bit more about this program with our listeners. Denise, where can people learn more about Subaru's social impact work online if they'd like to do that? Well, they can go to www.subaru.com backslash CSR backslash environment. Uh, and, they, and there's also other websites that they could check out, all the pilot parks, Grand Teton, Denali, and Yosemite. Uh, you could go to those websites and find out information. Uh, Aramark, the Grand Teton Lodge Company, Signal Mountain, uh, Denali Education Center, Nature Bridge. I'm going to rattle off some more. Yosemite Conser- uh, Conservancy and the Grand Teton Association and the National Park Foundation, as well as Leave No Trace. Those are all some of our uh, wonderful partners that help us get the word out. And there's information on those websites that you can go to to find out more information. Fantastic. Karen, where can people learn more about MPCA's work online if they'd like to do that? Yeah, they can go to our website, mpca.org. And um, we love social media. So uh, Instagram at MPCA Picks or at MPCA on Twitter. Um, National Parks Conservation Association on Facebook. And then if someone would like to learn more specifically about our corporate partnerships, including with Subaru, um, they can visit npca.org slash corporate partners. Fantastic. Well, we will include all of those links in the show notes. You guys uh, are giving me my work cut out for me here with all those fantastic links, but I will make sure to put that in show notes, which you can find at engageforgood.com. And thank you again, both so much for joining me for this episode of Cause Talk Radio. We will look forward to hearing about your future good works in the future. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Megan. It's been an honor.